Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Come on, let's get in. Let's get in. Welcome back to the Creep Dive. That's Jen O-D-W-Y-E-R. There you are. There you are now. Uh, Here we have Sophie Voice Talent White, who's changed her Instagram name, so you may not recognise her. Again. What? Sophie. I'm called at Soph White. Okay, so do you remember I was really going deep on how I was going to fix this problem, this this white supremacist problem? Yes. And I... I had come to terms with the fact that it really, really, really was a problem. Um, especially because I saw myself talked about in a comments thread <laughs> under somebody else's Instagram post. And they were like, like, they literally referred to white me, rights. Me in the context of clan. Of that. Of the was clan. it me? It wasn't you. It was a person I don't know. Oh, this okay. was a huge problem. They I were was like, like well, I deleted my like, Instagram, I, Sophie, so it definitely wasn't me. Of but course, I, you're never on there lurking around as no, tall tales. Definitely. I see some people's stories, but to be honest, it just bores me now. Oh, yeah. I've, I've risen so high above all that. No, like I saw them going like, oh, I genuinely thought like she was problematic. And I was like, oh, shut oh, up. No, Come that's on. like your worst nightmare. Oh, no. Sophie White writes is cancelled. Sophie White writes is cancelled would have actually been an epic handle to change it to. God it, damn it. It's so what 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 I, decided do? Decided I mean, to change what are we, three weeks after book launch? Yeah, three weeks. People are still actively reading. So this. My handle in a lot of like all over the place and yes on the act printed on the cover of my book filter this still available bestseller filter this available in um, all the bookstores it still says at Soph White right uh, so I decided that I needed to change the rights to another W word so that people would get that far into uh, searching okay. for me and they'd Clever. still find me 
So I changed it to something very cheerful and not racisty. Soph White, whoop. Hmm. Oh. <laughs> it's a little. Your the original is just such a classic. It's always going to be Soph White writes. It, you will always be Sophie White writes to me. <laughs> I thought when you were saying you original, you will always be a white supremacist <laughs> in my heart. Fuck you guys. Uh, any toad chat? Do we want like No we, we did it last week We got the totes You'll get them at the live show Or they'll be in the post to you Here's the Do thing Do you know Well we're not even just kind of You know We talked about them Just talk about them a bit more We can see them from to, here People are excited Lots of people messaged me To say their addresses have changed Since they signed up for <laughs> patrons So Fuck. That fucked up my spreadsheet But I'm being very accommodating And pleasant When you do send me those and DMs You're I'm not like, Pass-agging no on the podcast at all At all I have my an, dear an important friends. thing to say Here's a girl Or a boy Hello No Right Don't say this Okay Know what you're going to say <laughs> There are people who have messaged To say that they have tickets For the um, either the 30th or the 29th and they want to swap I think the best thing to do is to comment on the Instagram we'll put up a post about the live show and if you comment underneath you can swap tickets with people so if you, we'll, we'll put up a post after this Ariana, Ariana Grande doesn't have this fucking bullshit no <laughs> that <laughs> is Just the sell out. what happens like you sell out a show Two shows. And then everyone's like, oh, listen, I'm not going to be able to make it in for seven. Any chance we could switch the time start? <laughs> or they're like, I can't make that venue. Uh, there's a place just oh, next well, door. Oh, we're on it. I can't actually make that venue because I'm terrified. The more people who keep talking to me about it, they're like, you know, that place is like significantly haunted. Oh, significant. Like, it's not just a little bit haunted. It's really haunted. It's rammed full of ghosts. Loads of haunt. No room for... Anybody else? And my mother also told me I can't drink at it because that was not enjoyable last time. Why? You're... I get Larry, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) That isn't true. (laughs) I was. I was just so Larry on stage. No, I just... I just... I won't drink at it. I'll be on my best behaviour. I'm too nervous to drink at this one. I'll be sloshed before it starts. Okay, forget it. It's going to be amazing. But it's grand because we don't need to hype it anymore no okay now, is that the end of tote corner that's the end of upstairs downstairs or whatever it's called i think we should rename housekeeping just tote corner so that we can keep the tote chat alive Why? and well i am sick of tote chat i wore my so tote out in the world this week i lost one <laughs> now okay look we're drawing a line on i would just <laughs> like i left it at the house of one of our book club co- what you call them colleagues, colleagues. book clubbers friends and I mean she can keep it There is a spare That's my one Gone 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 Or some lucky listener Gone to creep no more Who will pretend we posted to you I will say they're very sturdy I was carrying a laptop <laughs> oh, in it They're I not fucking a loaf for sale and So let's stop vlogging some, them as well There was a little jar of relish in that one Okay thank you Do we have a creep of the week? Yes Sophie I've got a creep does. of the week Do it Have you heard of Murder House Flip? What no. is this? Oh my god! Is this a TV show in which they renovate haunted houses? Oh, so about it. Where can I watch it? Send me the link. Okay, I think it's going to be April twenty twenty. So we all need to just stall the ball slightly. I have so many Pinterest boards ready to go for this. <laughs> I know. Now I'm worried because it seems to be that they're talking about bite-sized episodes 
of no. 10 minutes and no, I no, need no. grand That's designs not cut it. we need an overnight in the house this is like grand designs means paranormal activity I'm so about it <gasps> I oh, know no, guys what was that show Elaine something was in it and uh they go to the places and video the over it was fucking huge and it was on fucking all most that- haunted w- was it called most haunted probably wasn't it and they're You're always one, doing the kind of um, they had the infrared, infrared the whole in the thing darkness. Was the whole thing was just glowing eyes. And they had your man in, yeah, um, uh, the camp guy who was also a psychic, Psych- yes. psychic, and would become possessed by every spirit in the house. Anyone just wandering same by. type of possession each time. It's and definitely always most wanted, isn't it? a guaranteed possession. Oh, like there was amazing. never a time he was That's like, his no. tagline: psychic Jim, hundred percent possession. Every he time. was golden. Back, back, okay, back. Okay, some quotes the... from the press release. Murder House Flip is an unconventional take on the home renovation genre. It's the take we needed. <laughs> it's the take we didn't know we needed. Um, it will take on the country's most infamous houses. This is in America, obviously. The ones known for the mysterious murders <gasps> and incredible intrigue committed behind their walls. Do you think? Do you think the house from the Watcher story is going to be on it? Because that just sold. Mm. That sold earlier this year. Literally yeah, just that flipped. could be it. It could be their first it, it, oh episode. My. Homeowners will turn to the colorful, colorful cast of forensic specialists, spiritual healers and high-end renovation experts to uncover the true crimes, shocking secrets and scandalous history of their homes. Then... Cleansing renovations remove the stains of the past and take these homes from morbid to marvellous. Oh my God, that is the most <laughs> perfect press release I have ever heard. It's missing two people. Kirstie Kevin McLeod. No, Kirsty and Phil. Absolutely. Dermot. No. No, no Dermot. No, Dermot is a little ghost himself. He's a medieval <laughs> Every murder house needs an interior atrium. And Dermot oh, can and some provide windows that. And a white extension. And a grey, yeah, and a lantern. grey windows. No a lantern for frame. easy access to. You two have been talking over each other for Sorry. 25 minutes. Sorry. We haven't done that in ages. Um, it's just when we get really excited by home renovation and true crime blending. From mo- morbid to marvellous is just mm. poetic. When does it launch again? April in 2020. In America. In the Americas, very exciting. Very fantastic. Exciting. Do you know? Because I've been watching that interior design masters with fur and cotton, but it's just a bit too light touch. <laughs> just, you need <laughs> just, a little poltergeist it's just in there, lacking that kind of grizzly yeah. element. Yeah. Fern isn't grizzle, not at all. She's, Fern she's is in her happy place. Correct. Perma won't have a bad word said about Fern, though I adore her. Um. Okay. Got some f- I've got fun things here on my phone. I don't really know what we to go with next. Off mic, who? So me and Cassie are going to do a joint We're telling of a story you. that we have never gotten more fucking suggestions for ever. Ever. Like, I think. I honestly think there was at the least two. No, there were. <laughs> there were so. Many came in on the Insta and I saw I tell them. You, you there was, was more than three like, and less in. than five. I think we kept saying the same response. We were like, yeah, we're into knee it. Deep, we're on elbow it. deep. deep, bed into it. So if you received one of those responses, it was genuine. But um, yeah, I got it loads in Twitter DMs yeah. as well. The at Dive Creep was inundated. I'd say 20 plus suggestions of I this. Honestly to the point where I had copy people. pasted. Sorry, guys, I was copy pasting back to you in case you couldn't tell. <laughs> um, I was like Cassie's gone deep on this creep I, I, I 
Nobody DM'd me. Cassie's gone deep on this creep. Cassie's gone deep on this creep. I mean, we need to make a remix of that copy paste. We did, but I will. I will. I went down, and I'm interested to see the road that you went down. I went deep down the road of where is she now? Oh, brilliant! Because I went deep down the road of all the siblings. Of what actually happened? Yes. Yes. This is good because when it first came in, like it first kind of hit the creep dive bloodstream, like kind of Monday afternoon, I want to yeah, say. There was loads And I sent a picture into our mother of creep WhatsApp. You were like, I'm so in already. Yeah. And I was like, that's cool because I'm in this and sent you my Google uh, search results. Very interesting. Also. Uh, <laughs> man chops own head off with chainsaw yeah. and that was my weird. lunchtime reading on Monday is we're, that where we're going or is that yeah, saved in the bank for, for a live I actually just well it's actually happened an unbelievably many amount of times so hang on at least five so men did have you chopped start, their own heads off with chainsaws hold on let's reverse now because actually it's an interesting thing to talk about people's approach to finding the stories yeah. do you just Google something that comes into your head and hope that there's a story that coincides with it. It was my favourite murder. Uh, yeah, thank you, Jen. It was on the mini-sode and they were talking about somebody's hometown that they had sent in. And that hometowner had like just included the most tantalising breadcrumb of this story where she said something like, it's crazy in Oregon. Some guy the town over chopped his own head off with a chainsaw. And I was like, stop everything now this is not the creep I've got for you oh honestly I just felt there wasn't that much in it but like can uh, I, I even among uh, the five different head chopped off with own chainsaw can I ask uh, were they they were a bit grim were they to, was it an accident yeah most of them were on purpose Mo- sorry most of them can I ask also was the chainsaw swinging out of the ceiling while on they were dancing underneath it one How guy you... did prop it somewhere. Yeah, that's the only yeah. way I could imagine it actually. Uh. But like off or just sever, I mean, et into a bit. Oh, I mean, I just couldn't, think it's not the way I'd You go. couldn't get it off. No. No way. Because you'd charge at it. It would work only to a point. No, you'd hit it and go, Jesus, no. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That really hurts. Ow. <laughs> Sorry, Cassie's ears. Okay. My clickbait headline is When bad things happen in good bikinis. Oh, good headline. All right. I can't come down from the fucking chopping your own head off with a chainsaw. Damn. Damn. Do you want me to check through my screen grabs? And I mean, I spent a good 30 minutes and like, you know, I felt confident that I wasn't missing anything good on that. Let it's, me see. It's I've, just, I've got some search results. See, some of them are just really, really grim. Like this teenage boy who did manage to get the head all the way off. How? Um, and it was after losing a computer game. Right. He was frustrated with the game. And I just logistically to the mirror. Oh my god, we should do a we should do a special creep on people who react really badly to losing games. <laughs> Because that's like People go mental Well They do There's actually There was a Dublin murder Zelda Do you remember The uh, Guaranteed it was Zelda It wasn't Zelda It was actually a bit more highbrow 
Oh, I've alienated half our fan base. Sorry, Zelda's amazing. What the fuck is wrong with um, Zelda? Classic platform <laughs> game. It's my all-time favorite game of all time. Until I lost like two summers to Tomb Raider. And then I killed someone. <laughs> but there's an amazing creep to but be found. Do you know, found. I remember the two lads who were playing chess in Castle Knock? Ended very oh, of badly. Of course, yeah. But the, the worst it could end. Let me tell you about without Zelda. Without a chainsaw being involved. There's okay, a creepy pasta written about Zelda. I think it's about another platform game as well. Anyway, it's amazing. I'll bring it to the creep one day. You'd think these things wouldn't scare you. This fucking scared the shit out of me, this story. I love a creepypasta. It's about a a computer game. It's about Zelda. Okay, excellent. Amazing. Let's get into the 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 bad things. Okay, when bad things happen in good bikinis. Okay, so this is the story of um, Helen Bailey, uh, an English author. Um, She's written 22 published books, mainly kind of young adult and children's. Um, before she, so this, um, story, I kind of, it's not a traditional creep, but I felt like it just had so many elements of like, like a bad novel plot that I, it was irresistible to me. Okay. So we're going in. So initially Helen Bailey wanted to be a forensic scientist, Mm -hmm. right? And then she ended up switching to working in media. She met her husband when they were working in a company that kind of sells licensing rights and married him in the mid 90s. So Helen married John and they were living in Highgate. She started writing a hugely successful um, like teen series all about a character called Electra Brown. Okay. And um, mm. any kind of children of the noughties might kind of have had a fondness for Electra Brown. And they'd been married for like, you know, over a decade. And um, they were kind of living that kind of like crazy sort of intense working London life. And um, they kind of, they kind of decided we need to take a break and kick back. And we've kind of earned it. So they decided to go on holidays to Barbados. And um, at this point, they'd been, yeah, together two decades. And um, on their holiday one morning, they were down on the beach. And basically, John went in to a completely calm ocean and was taken by a freak riptide. And Helen stood on the beach in a very nice bikini. I know the story, yeah. And watched... As he, As he died, she drowned and she could not help him. Did she see him drowning? She, yeah, she witnessed it. But because like it was just sort of certain death to go in after him. Would you and know And she tried that? to raise the alarm and yeah. stuff, but. No avail. No avail. And he was declared dead in the hospital after he was recovered. But yikes. Oh yikes. God. So this was in 2011. And um, so Helen she was already a writer anyway established and she basically started a blog called Planet Grief to kind of uh, deal with everything she was experiencing mm-hmm. in the aftermath of his, his death and her blog then became a book um, with the brilliant uh, title When Bad Things Happen to be too good When Bad Things Happen in Good Bikinis Means kind of glib No? Well I mean I think it's her grief. She can be as glib as she wants. What? It's that's her. Her writing style yeah, is really, um, like 
she's very kind of funny and relatable. She'd be like the Bridget Jones of grief. Gotcha. I okay. felt. Okay. Like I read the book. So she's kind of funny. She is funny. And she, but she's very real with every part of it. And um, she, she can be glib all she wants. Just saying. I mean, who are just you, one... Jen O-D-W-Y-E-R, to accuse anyone of being glib? I'm just saying. I'm just saying I'm the suspicious. The amount of shit I've had to cut out of Mother Apart on you. I, you are the glib. All I'm clean. saying is, it just sounds a bit, huh. Huh. Yeah, but I kind of, I mean, it kind of speaks to the um, the, the the suddenness of it as well. Because she's obviously just going off on her holidays, getting mm. nice bikinis. That's what you do. Yeah. And then... And that's what she said of the incident, that even in the moment of it happening, there was such a level of shock at how can this be happening? I'm wearing a bikini. Like, how yeah. am I witnessing my husband's death? We've been married 22 years and I'm wearing a bikini while he dies. Like, it just like and we all know that about death. I think sometimes the banality Is of fu- death yeah. can be really bizarrely funny yeah. and sad and you're like huh I think I think you know, it's like just when like, you're like picking shoes for th- your dead yeah. person to wear in the coffin and you're like you're not wearing shoes yeah this is bananas but this is what we you know this is the stuff that comes to you in those moments I guess um anyway so the book became hugely successful and um it charted her journey through the grief so it was kind of like set over four years so she lost John in 2011 mm-hmm. and the book came out in 2015 and now there was this like that's the other thing actually I forgot to mention. So John died drowning. All of Helen Bailey's book titles were like Life at the Shallow End, Out of My Depth, Swimming Against the Tide. Pre yes. the drowning. Yes. Just in this bizarre, Just in this bizarre awful, awful irony. Taking the plunge. And the last no. line in that series uh, published a year before his death, Falling Hook, Line and Sinker. Like... That's this story is like littered with kind of like things that in an actual plot, like of a novel, you'd be like, no. But it's always is stranger than fiction. Anyway, um, so she was online um, and she met a man who she wrote about in her book um, who was also a widower. She referred to him in the book as her um, GGHW, um, gorgeous grey-haired widower. Um, His name is Ian Stewart. And they met kind of through the community she'd built online. And um, they basically fell madly in love. And I suppose she had a kind of um, a sort of a second go at love which she never anticipated in any way. Um, now, at the start of When Bad Things Happen in Good Bikinis, there is a line that struck me as like incredibly portentous. It, she says, I'm sure I'm not alone in surfing the internet for something I shouldn't, only to stumble across something I wish I hadn't. Oh. Again, it's just one of these weird kind of ironies of this story. She wrote that. Mm -hmm. And then what came to pass came to pass. Which was. So in 2013, she and the gorgeous gray haired widower, um, Ian Stewart, moved in together. And they got 
a stunning home, 1.4 mil, um, was recently on the market again. A few nice pics online, no mention of the crime that was to take place there. Oh my God. So, um, in they were like very happy together um, and they were planning to get married. Um, and when, sorry, before they were to get married, she actually changed her will to protect Ian financially so that if she died before they were married, he'd be okay. He'd be yeah, yeah. set up. So like, you know, they were very um, open about all this stuff and honest. Yeah. And like he had two grown up sons from his previous relationships because obviously he'd lost his wife in her late 40s. Um, and so his sons were in like their early 20s and, you know, they had a good relationship with Helen as well. And she mm-hmm. was very loving towards them. And um, so in February 2016, she sort of started like not feeling very well. And her mother kind of reported that she seemed kind of not like herself. <gasps> and um, they found later that her Google searches included things like, quote, I'm so tired, quote, why do I keep falling asleep? And quote, falling asleep in the afternoon. She's being poisoned. So he's drugging her slowly in her cereal. <laughs> Tis what we're all thinking. It's absolutely what was happening. <gasps> So I could be a detective. You could be a detective. <laughs> Just after the fact detective. When everything's done and solved, you could go Sorry, back and confirm what, what the detective <laughs> discovered. I agree. <laughs> so basically Ian Stewart, who is said to be a computer expert, though he hadn't actually worked for years at this point. Um, it said that he began plotting her murder soon after she changed his will. That thing that she did to kind of protect him in the event mm. that she died before they got married. So basically, he had been put in a position to earn three million pounds. So he began drugging her in the weeks leading up to her death um, by adding a sedative to her food. Yes. And then it's believed that in early April in 2016, he um, smothered her with a pillow. Jesus. And dumped her body in a cesspit underneath the garage of their Beautiful home in why Royston. Did he, why, sm- why poison her if you were just going to smother her anyway? Uh, yeah. Um, no idea. she's so docile. Oh, uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, or like that he just couldn't cope with the, I don't know, like the actual doing. Isn't there something yeah. so exquisitely evil about a slow poisoning of the person you live, you live with? with? You'd have yeah. to hate them. Like, yeah. Or He's be a just complete sociopath. A sociopath. But that's like almost letting him off the hook too much. Like, But it's so drawn out, that murder. Oh, it's bizarre. And then, right? So, but it's so there's foolish. more drawing out. For the next three months, he told friends, family, police that um, she had left a note just saying she wanted some time alone. And he like issued an appeal for her to come home saying, quote, you not only mended my heart five years ago, but made it bigger, stronger and kinder. Now it feels like my heart doesn't even exist. See, this is all suspicious to me, Detective Cassie. (laughs) Because if she had left a, a casual note saying that she wanted some time alone, why issue a public appeal? He's drawing attention to the fact. Um, yeah, he could have dealt with that very privately and probably bought himself a lot of time. Or presumably his family, the, her family were pressuring him. I mean, there must have been 
to like launch a search and, absolutely yeah, yeah yeah and they had searched like because they had the couple had a second home uh, in Kent a holiday home and like you know they had searched like to sort of see if there was any legitimacy to his claims that she had left of her own accord though neighbours kind of said they'd seen her on the day uh, that Lynn he was later discovered to have murdered her um, like walking the dog in the morning and things like that mm-hmm. also like uh, Ian Stewart not good at crime um, he went to their holiday home um, in the weeks after she'd gone missing and her phone was um, like registered to have connected to the Wi-Fi in that holiday house, meaning he had her phone on him when oh, he went there. Not, not a very good computer good expert. Crimes. Computer <laughs> expert. Yeah, I love it. Um, also, uh, the jury was later told um, that uh, by Helen Bailey's brother that he had visited their home and she had joked about how the cesspit in the garage was a good place to hide a body and that Ian Stewart had been in full earshot of this comment. So he's also not very imaginative and not capable of coming up with this on his own steam. Did she happen to write a novel? <laughs> no as well with clear, <laughs> Just with clear instructions if you wanted to go about this um, so yeah like and also he did all these kind of really stupid things with money like uh, on the day of her disappearance he tried to sell an apartment that she owned and like Uh, He went to meet the solicitor dealing with the sale and just said that she was too unwell to attend in person. He was just giddy. And that it was just like the day he was doing it. He also like took a holiday that they had booked. So he kind of just went on to go on the holiday to Spain. It's never a good uh, It's just not a good look. FYI, if they're gonna murdering your other half. Um, Or like Do you know when people go on the honeymoon? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Someone has mysteriously gone missing. Um he also renewed his Arsenal season ticket. Just priorities. Because he could afford it. Um, yeah. And uh, so then anyway, um, he then in his defense, when he was arrested and put on trial, he cooked up a story that she'd actually been kidnapped. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I forgot to say. And this is like possibly one of the hardest details for you, Cassie. Animal. Her dog was in the no. cesspit with her. Raped. Stop it. Jesus. Also, there has he killed been the dog some... and just fucked it in with her. Yeah. And yeah. there has That's been some so um, cruel. There has been some debate about whether she was still alive in the cesspit. No, That's absolutely. Oh my God. That's sad. I mean, it's fucking That's a worry. That is a real worry. So he cooked up a story that um two men called Remember, Ian, not good at crimes. They're called Nick and Joe. Um, Jonas. <laughs> had kidnapped her and demanded a ransom of 500 grand. And he claimed that he had last spoken to her on the phone belonging to one of the men in on in the middle of April, basically. And um, he gave a description um, of the kidnappers that then the prosecution found to be identical to descriptions of, remember, Nick and Joe. So the descriptions were eerily similar to that of Stuart's next door neighbor, Nick Cook, and Joe Capullo, whom he knew from his former home in Basingbourne. So what? I mean, I get what he was doing there in a way, because if you're going to lie, 
You should base it on someone so that you can remember the details. Okay, good tip. But also, change their names from Nick and Joe. What kidnapper is like, hi, I'm Nick. This is Joe. Yeah. <laughs> you know Nice I mean? to meet you. You've <laughs> taken your very rich wife away. <laughs> so, um, thankfully, he was sentenced to 34 years in prison. Um, meaning that if he is ever paroled, he'll be 90 years old. Like, what was he thinking? They also, then, in the wake of his conviction, decided to re-examine the death of his first wife. <gasps> Here we go. Diane Stewart. Now, this is unresolved. So she had been declared to have died of natural causes, but what she mm. died from was basically an epileptic fit in their back garden of their home that, like... There, nobody intervened in time to help her. Right. So it's very iffy. And he was arrested on suspicion of that murder, but he then was. released pending investigation. Yes. Well, that's pretty out there. That is pretty out there. We can't say anything. We cannot. Concrete. We cannot. But all signs point to something that we cannot say on mic. Well, that Ian Stewart's a real dick. Well, that's now, confirmed. Now, I did enjoy this. There was a kind of a final um, uh, sort of uh, like a bit of testimony about Stewart's character from some of the neighbours and also his former Bowls Club members. So neighbours remember recalled Stewart being um, subject to kind of volcanic rages at times. God, that's a good way to describe it. Yeah. And some of the former Bowls Club Recalled how he was obsessed with money and extremely Violet. parsimonious. I mean, tight. He accounted for every penny he spent or was owed. Once caused a scene at a bowls match when asked to pay for a cup of tea. As he argued that it should have been covered in his membership fee. He also refused to chip in a few pounds for unforeseen repairs to the bowling green. And was known to refuse to participate in whip rounds for work colleagues' birthdays. Interesting. <gasps> ah, dick. Yeah. Can I just conclude by reading one of the final pages of When Bad Things Happen in Good Bikinis? Please. So this is from Helen Bailey. Mm-hmm. So um, Helen Bailey, it's the final chapter. A few weeks ago... GGHW, which is her gorgeous grey-haired widower, Ian Stewart, and I were walking back home late one night, having been out to dinner with friends. It had been a lovely evening, but as I walked home, I realised that four years ago, I had never met any of these people, didn't know GGHW or his family, and had never even heard of Royston. I suddenly felt soul-crushingly lonely and homesick, right back on that alien landscape of planet grief, where nothing felt or looked familiar. I looked up at the sky, inky black and studded with stars over Royston Heath and thought, John, come back, please. The big experiment is over. You can come home now. The feeling didn't last long, but for the few moments it did, my despair was raw. And then I walked through the gate and up our drive and into the house, which smells like a curry-eating male rodent's nest and sometimes looks like one too. GGHW went into the kitchen to make a cup of tea whilst I let the hound out for his last wee of the day. We stood chatting, waiting for the kettle to boil and the hound to give a single woof to be let back in. It felt so gloriously normal and comforting and right. It felt like home. Our home. Um, hmm. So, it's not always easy living in a home that came together through sudden death. 
We all carry the burden of grief and we deal with it in different ways. The lads will only ever have one mother. This is Ian Stewart's sons she's referring to. Mm -hmm. But I hope that they will come to see me as an older sister, someone who will always love them, look out for them, want the best for them and fight their corner with and for them. However much we drive each other nuts at times. A moment ago, one of them wandered into my study... Uh, even though it's supposed to be out of bounds when I'm working, and asked how the book is going. I told him I was writing the final chapter, but that I was finding it difficult to know how to end it, that there was so much I still wanted to say. He stood and thought for a moment and then said, why don't you just write, and they all lived happily ever after. Hmm. Well, that was wrong. Sad. Spoiler, they didn't. Sad, sadness alert. Sadness alert. Um, so that's that's. The I think the maddest part is her book titles. Book titles, I knew Pre. you would. It's just so sad. It was like I was driving, and it, this is so dark. I was driving, I was at a shoot in Limerick today and I had the radio. It was like two hours, 20 minutes each way. And all day long, they were talking about how it's the European day without death on the roads. And I was like, that just feels so ominous because yeah. they're doing it on the radio so there's someone listening to this who's probably going to crash their car today it's just like and there was a car crash last night a really fatal one and in to the universe yeah like let's talk about it all day on the radio while oh, people drive well, at speeds around the country yeah careful now Jen, I, I, I didn't die I was here I've had enough car crashes now for um, slow and steady wins the race, Jennifer. We have a good story now. Thank you, Sophie. That was great. <laughs> yeah. a bit sad. Like, a bit sad. Change of pace. Now we have a good goodness, story. Goodness. Goodness. <laughs> in that, this is kind of an interesting. This is the story we've been contacted about. Yeah. About. How are we going to do this? We do just a brief like Buzz, what? Buzzfeed headline. I, it, it's difficult. You have to be. Okay, you do it. Oh, thank you, Dad. You could just use the Daily Mail's headline. I think that was good enough. The Daily Mail's headline was 42 words long. Can I read it? Can I read it? Jen's special, isn't it? I'll read it. No, Jen's headlines are usually like, Child, is she? Child, is she? I know, I get confused. I get like summary versus headline or whatever. Here's the Daily Mail headline. When bad things happen to small people. To small people in women's bodies. No, wait, hold on, because nothing is definitive. Just get into okay, it. Okay, I'm get a, as a Daily Mail headline: She frustrated. tried to kill us. Indiana mother who adopted six-year-old Ukrainian girl with dwarfism has been charged with abandonment, but claims her daughter was found to be twenty-two-year-old psychopath masquerading as a child. <laughs> I mean, it's snappy. I, mean, I can't believe how bad it is. There is absolutely it, no need to click that article. There's so many. There were so, so many confusing. elements of this story that I. Adored just from that one headline. A, it reminds me of the story of the imposter, which I told of uh, Frederick Boudouin, who's the um, French impersonator who went to a family and said that he was their missing 15 year old child, was taken in by the family despite being a 30 something year old mm. French man with different color eyes, with different color eyes, different ears, who spoke with a significant accent <laughs> yeah. and did not recognize any of the family members. We do must do a, a small disclaimer here, right? Because I, I think the word dwarfism is not a word we should be using. I think and little person is the correct. And the the person in the story actually had a bone growth c- disorder, um, which a is type of dysplasia. So okay. it, 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 the Daily Mail used that term, right? And I'm not sure it's, it's acceptable. Their words, not ours. It's happened before. Yeah. So I think we should, we could safely call her a small person from here on out. 
and crucially, a small adult. No, are you on the, you believe she's a small adult? Um, sorry, Cassie. What? It's, uh, I do too, but it's still being disputed. Right, let's start from the start. Okay. Start from the start, because remember, right, this, I resisted the click so okay. that I could This fresh. story is made for us. Okay. Absolutely. These are fans of the creep type. <laughs> One thing it's missing, the only thing is cannibalism. Aww. And that remains to be seen. The story could, could I mean, could <laughs> you never know what way it's going to go. It has the Jesus-y side. It has a little bit of, of, of freaky religion. It has imposters. It has a child prodigy. Mm. It ha- yeah, it has everything. So this, this old story happens to one family. It has suspicious neighbours. Yes. Right. So we're talking about... Christine Barnett, the mother, mm-hmm. Michael Barnett, the father, mm-hmm. now divorced, They're now divorced, five adopted children. And mm-hmm. we're talking about one of them. OK, um, so this family, cr- v- amazing, really, actually, from my research, an amazing parent unit. Yes, this, Christine has actually written a book about parenting special children. Her eldest son, Jacob, uh, is autistic. And he was when they adopted him. But he, he I think he, sh- in the documentary I watched about him, there's a 60 minute documentary. He's one of our kind followers. A few of them sent it to us. Yeah. Uh, about Jacob, mm. an amazing person. Um, started showing kind of classic signs of autism at age two and a half. Uh, very early family intervention mm. meant that he was able to be kind of progress way beyond what he would have if they hadn't have kind of sought help and very early on and were able to get that help and so Jacob went on become a maths prod, uh, prodigy mm-hmm. not only that but his social skills are, are great he's really succeeding all around in the mm. world I think he got into I think he was good college at nine studying kind of the high <gasps> level mathematics college, like little man Tate yes absolutely little man Tate famous on campus a fantastic place. So the parents supported him all the way through. They opened this kind of autistic friendly child play zone called Jacob's Place. They, for all intents and purposes, perfect parents. Right. And mm-hmm. full of love. And for the all of their children were foster children originally. And then they went on to become adopted. Okay. So they were an extremely kind couple of people. So all was going well. Okay. Cassie? Well, you don't have to. But I can go no, on. No, no, keep, you keep going. So, uh, let's see now, what States, year are yeah. we in? So in oh, we're in Indiana. In 2010, mm-hmm. they adopt this little girl, Natalie, from the Ukraine. Okay. And... So that's nine years ago. Yes. What age was she when uh, they adopted her? So, according to her, her, her Ukrainian birth cert, she would have been six years old at the time. Right? Okay. And there's a couple of things that started happening that made Christine believe that the child was older than stated on her birth cert. But before that even happened, Cass, they, there was some suspicion her vocabulary was incredibly good. Yeah, these, these are the signs. was supposed to be Ukrainian. They had a pal who was Ukrainian. Mm-hmm. And they Spoke were like, come on over and see if you can talk about, you know, talk to the talk to the kid. Yeah. In the Ukrainian. Talk about Ukraine stuff. And uh, she couldn't understand a word of it and she wasn't... It looked as if she couldn't understand, basically. Okay. She, but and yet her English vocabulary was, was amazing, ah. and she'd go on. 
Sorry. So this is going to be like <laughs> oh, I'm just going to jump ten. in your This ten. is like a really bad college project right So <laughs> in 2010 She was deemed to be six on her Ukrainian passport They started believing she was a little bit older Because of her vocabulary She had like She, she was quite developed She was getting her periods She had like bodily hair and Yeah she had Christine the, said right She was lifting her into the bath Oh here's another thing right For, As far as they were concerned They went to meet her Sorry, Cassie, I feel like I've totally jumped in here. This is an early point. They went to meet her. Uh, There was no mention of the fact that she couldn't walk, but it was clear to them when they met her that she couldn't walk. (gasps) Oh, yes. So they had been kind of facilitating her, getting around by lifting her and, you know, getting her wheelchair and all this carry on. Okay. And, uh, And they were at the beach one day. It was early on into the kind of fostering initially process. Oh no, she was an emergency adoption. Sorry. This was another thing, right? There was, they had like 48 hours or some really short amount of time to pull the trigger on the adoption of this kid. And they were like, okay, we're going for it. So it sounded like there wasn't, yeah, it did sound a bit like there wasn't an enormous amount of preparation or not an easing in period or anything. However, they were all at the beach together with with Natalie, who, as far as they were concerned, couldn't walk. Yeah. And also she was talking to them, so she told them that. Yeah. And uh, they were sitting down and the rest of the boys were in the water and uh, the parents were like, we're trying to get organised. And and Natalia was saying, I want to go, I want to go swimming. I want to go swimming. And I think Christine was like, look, your dad's, we'll get you in the water. Hang on a second. Yeah. And then Natalie just got fed up and got up and And ran ran into the water. And they were like, huh. Okay. I mean, it's a miracle. It's a fucking miracle. But also, you can see how things might have been a bit felt a little off for them at that early stage. Yes, and also she she sought to hang out with older people, and she like just she wasn't interested in in children's toys or whatever. So, in two thousand and ten, when they adopted her, they they took her to a doctor who did a bone survey. Um, in 2010 and that doctor concluded that she was probably about eight. Was this before the pubes? No, this is with it, right? So the doctor based on her bones, but given that she has this condition that causes her bones to be kind of compressed, probably not the most accurate test to do. He concluded that she was possibly about eight. Then two years later in 2012, another doctor did the same and estimated that she was 11, which put her a year older again than she should have been. Um, And then... A doctor later that year. So they, the parents were kind of, Christine and Mike were pushing, being like, she is not a 10 year old child. She's not 11. As far as they knew at this point, at the age, by the age of what they thought she was, eight, she was having periods and she had developed pubic hair. So they thought, okay, well, I don't and know. She whether, had developed it over the course of no, living with no, them. No, I think she, she had, had it. it. Okay. I think one of the first times, it must have been around the time that they believed her to be unable to walk, uh, Christine was lowering her into the bath. And that's how she was like, oh, okay. Again, you'd be like, I don't know whether this is a kind of a complication of part of her disorder or mm. whatever. But anyway, go on, Cass. So in so in 2011, they did, another doctor determined that she was possibly about 11. But then later that year, the parents took her to another doctor who determined that she was at least 18. Ooh, that's a jump. Yes. But yeah. she herself, in some reports, there's loads of disparity in the reports because this has been report like this is everywhere and it's being reported weirdly because her age is really hard to track. So when that doctor said that she was at least 18 and then they had her legal age altered to 22. 
Who's they? Who's they? The Christina Michaels. Christina Michaels. Okay. Can yeah. they do that? I suppose. Well, they? that's what's interesting. Did they needed her consent? Presume or like where does she come in to this? I mean. And was it like? Can I ask? Were they kind of saying, Natalie? Are you an adult? Yes. And she and did. In, she in some reports, she said that she knew she was at least 18. <gasps> mm. And did, what did they know of her life before they, she came to them? Very, Very little. little. An amazingly small amount. I think in the States as well, certainly with adoption, it's, it's completely um, a closed book. You can't access any information which is I think is why now every all well, the media are finding it so difficult to kind of get verified information and what's really interesting is that if people they we couldn't we wouldn't have this amount of information on her if she was a minor you know like they wouldn't be reporting on it so openly mm. so I think her well are, legally last time I think we just watched a an updated uh, like legally in, right now according to the US law her birth cert states what? That she is an adult, 18. I believe. Yeah. Which is why what happened next is so strange. And can I ask, when she was saying, yeah, I think I'm older than eight. Uh, no, she said she's older don't... than 18. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, sorry, when she was saying I'm, I'm yeah, not yeah. eight. I'm and older in, than 18. In fairness, in the interviews, no, there's no mention of what Natalie was saying. Really. Oh, right. So, but like, I suppose what I'm trying to say is like, was she like trying to perpetuate this child story or was she? Yes. Okay. So she seems very part of that she was trying to perpetuate this child story. It is really like not known how she came to meet Michael and Christine in the first place. Like how she presented or how, how she was presented to this adoption agency that presumably facilitated the adoption. Yeah. Um, so what Christina Mike knew was that this um, person with additional needs, this child, desperately needed a home within the next like three days or something. Yeah. And that's all they knew. And, and that's when they pulled the trigger. OK. And so how has this now come to? Well, so, there okay. is a reason. So, in OK, in 2014, she basically what happened in 2013 Michael and Christine moved to Canada with their other children because Jacob was accepted into um, university in Canada to pursue a, a PhD in quantum physics. Amazing. Is he like Absolutely mind-blowing. Amazing. No, he's a little bit older. Saying. So what Michael and Christine do is le- they have, they've had Natalie's births are changed to say that she's 22. Which she, at that time, was in agreement with. Yes. So they... Rent her an apartment in Indiana <gasps> and leave her there. Yeah. Now, there's a there's a bit of a run up to this. Okay. Like they've agreed That's she's 22. As far as Christina and Michael are concerned, she is an adult but and she's she, confirming it. Her has behavior. Has she schooling and everything? They don't know because there's no records on her. So they're taking know. it by her word. But her behavior is that of a 22-year-old, her vocabulary, and the conversation she's having. Not just the behavior of a 22-year-old, but the behavior of a 22-year-old sociopath. Mm. Because in Christine's own words, she would make up statements and draw pictures saying she wanted to kill the family members and roll them up in a blanket and put them in the backyard. She uh. would stand over people in the middle of the night. You uh. couldn't go to sleep. You had to hide all the sharp objects. I saw her putting chemicals, bleach, Windex or something like that in my coffee. <gasps> and I asked her, what are you doing? And she said, I'm trying to poison you. Ah! 
Yeah. Okay. So Natalie was a woman. She had periods. She had adult teeth. She never grew a single inch, which would happen even with a child with dwarfism. Yeah. You, you would be still, she would yeah. technically still be growing. Yeah, yeah. And doctors confirmed, all doctors confirmed she was suffering a severe psychological illness only diagnosed in adults. She was jumping out of moving cards. She was smearing blood on mirrors. She was doing things you would never imagine a little child doing. So presumably the parents were freaked out, but how oh long God. was she with them? So she point? was with them for two years. Okay. Oh, well, I think it's like two and a half years. It's 2000. And 13 when they move and she's adopted in 2010. I think it works out that it's she spent two years. stints in a hospital during that time as well. So when all this mad stuff was happening in their house, they were having her seen by doctors and she was being I think she was committed for a short time. And, you know, there was stints. They were totally embedded in in the medical the, yeah yeah they were seeking wrote. treatment for her believing that she was a child the previous no one it's not it's really unclear as how she became to be a part of the adoptive agency but she was placed in a temporary foster family before she came to the Barnets we should talk about how she looks as well I need to see a picture yeah I think it is important because she, it's very ambiguous she's yes either either age you could you could believe does she go by Natalie Barnett Natalie Grace um, so is there any the previous footage of her speaking? No, no. The previous foster family like? had given her up for had given her up uh, like really quickly uh, with no explanation. That's why she needed to quick. Yeah, family. Oh my god! So as and far, are those are those people going on the record or anything like that? No, no. The year. So, are you going to talk about her the apartment that she's currently living in? So, uh, Kristen, I keep is it Christine? Christine, the mother, uh, set Natalie up in this apartment. Did bought all her furniture. They paid paid a year's year's rent rent up front. They kid her out with the clothes. I mean, they made sure she was going to be okay. They set her up to receive benefits. That's right. As an adult. As an adult. Okay. And is she like capable of shopping and cooking and well, 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 her physical disability would mean that she. It it would she would need additional help, but right. I think in she because she was they had set her up with kind of um what do you call it again with disability benefit benefit yeah I'm presuming there was some kind of additional help there or there was an acknowledgement of the fact that she would need extra help yeah so she even in the in the psychiatric treatment that she was receiving she described to. The two doctors, how she wanted to kill the family and had felt no remorse about it. Um, you, we can presume at this point that Natalie's probably had a pretty shitty life. Absolutely, right? But I don't think she's Ukrainian at okay. all. So it's really like there's just there's so much still unclear. There's loads of input now from medical professionals because the family, in fairness, Christine and Michael are deemed to be excellent parents, good people. And they seemed... They have a good track record. They have a good track record. And from all the reports, it's clear that they sought out multiple doctors. Did you see as well when Christine talked in the interview about having gone to the house for their final visit with Chris, with uh, Natalie? It doesn't. It sounded like the relationship had sort of fallen apart at that point. Yeah. Um, but she went into the house. Into and, the house that they'd Sorry, for into her. the apartment that okay, she met. Yeah. But she'd noticed a little girl's pink bicycle. And also in her closet, along with the kind of adult clothes a small child's dress so and she was like fuck there was a She's doctor again. there was a doctor a physician Andrew McLean and in March 2012 
He says that Natalie's 2003 birth cert was clearly inaccurate and that Natalie had made a career out of pretending to be a young child. He said Natalie fooled her parents and other physicians. So this man has spent a significant amount of time with her and assessed that she is a serial con artist whose gig is going and pretending to be a child, which seemed to be the case when Christine returned to the apartment and found all of these you know these these childish paraphernalia yeah there was just it sounded like there was just a couple of things so she had been trying to disguise it you know it didn't sound that like she wasn't Natalie wasn't like boom in her face like just there in a nappy on the middle of the room (laughs) oh my god she was uh, sucking on a giant lollipop yeah yeah so in the first she was placed in an apartment and then she was it just it says that she was causing problems at the property Christine and Michael step in again, find her another property to help to prevent her from being um, homeless. So they were like not visiting and staying in touch, but they were doing as much as they felt obliged to do, I guess. Oh, God. That, that, now, look, we, now, we have to say at this point, we're only hearing from Christine so and Michael. Far. OK. And the reason we're hearing from them is because they were arrested and charged and charged with a felony child abandonment, which is comes with a very hefty sentence. Now consider, and they've got four other kids. Yes, that she has also been legally assessed to be an adult at this point. It makes no sense. People are like, it, there's outrage over it. No, okay? and if they're in Canada, are they being extradited? They're my, the well, US they they the separated, Canada, America, and I, Michael has come I, back. I think Canada and America have an agreement where. They can take their felons back. I think. I don't think it needs additional. I think that. Okay, but either way, they've been hauled back to the US to face this. They were they were arrested, charged, and then they both posted bail. So it's bananas. They're actually they got divorced subsequently, so they're they were separately charged and brought in. And but uh, so. Oh my god! Did you say now you've got a bit? Yeah, I was going to say okay, we, so we don't have Natalie's side on this. We don't have Natalie's side. And what this, I right, thought the was last interesting, Cassie, as well, is Christine chose after she was bail, she posted bail, knowing this is going to be a fucking huge story. Yeah. She chose the Daily Mail as a place to do her interview. as a place to do her interview. Now I don't know. She's obviously to- savvy in terms of media. She had a documentary done in sixty minutes. It's a US kind of whatever show. Mm. Um, daytime show about Jacob, her eldest son. Who's to a- clarify, sorry, Jacob was 21 at the time of them going to Canada. Okay. To do his PhD. So, but Christine no was... No less impressive. No, no very but impressive. But he had been in college when he was undergrad, very young. Yeah. So, but Christine ha- is savvy in terms of why the Daily Mail? Why would you choose that? I don't know, right? So are you sure she gave an interview to them? She yes. gave an interview to like, Daily Mail they'll TV. they swipe quotes from any of them. But I think she's done, I think she's done, like the Washington Post have covered it really well as well. I think but she has spoken to them. are you sure she's spoken to them? I don't know. Because I think they're all like uh, M- NBC and all those, I'm what I'm, the reports I could see were all linking back to the Daily Mail. I think she might have only done that so They far. probably offered her a huge fee. Um, so the way that it kind yeah. of in 2000 and I know you'd like to think you'd be classy but then brow. you know when it comes down six to six figures it. you're like okay but it is the kind of story I guess the Daily Mail would be fucking on you for yeah so the last that Christine has contact with Natalie is Natalie stops returning her calls that's right and then in one phone call one of their last phone calls Natalie tells her that she's making spaghetti for her new family so the child is cooking. 
This girl is living. She has been living on her own for at least a year, cooking, looking after herself, hasn't died, is not eight years old. But has a new family. Has a new family, right? And then she changes the beneficiary on her social security from Michael to someone else. Mm. Okay. Like new daddy. Presumably new adoption or a new foster family. But I mean, to have to have the 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 to be compassmentous enough to do that proves that she's not a child. Now, then things kind of go a bit weird no. because Michael... You go to college at nine. It's very confusing. Back <laughs> in the room. Hold on, back in the room. No wonder their benchmark for what a child is was skewed. Well, I'm sure that they thought that themselves. They were like, look, I don't know. I don't want to be presumptuous here. doing physics... The six-year-old... We could be a genius, Magnus. Has a great vocabulary. Can't speak Ukrainian, oh, God. Though, sadly. Yeah. Fucking... What is this story? It's mental, right? But then... I feel like I've just okay, been it's inside not, it's, it's It ain't so over. It's so not over. Okay, okay. Come on, let's go. So then, in an affidavit... So Michael and Christine both arrested in... Um, they're, they, they haven't recently been arrested. They were arrested in 2014... Or that the affidavit reveals that Natalie told the police in 2014 that she had been left alone when they moved back to Canada. It has taken years to come to fruition and I have a weird, I have a, a weird explanation from someone who's connected to the story in a second. But in an affidavit, Michael says that they knew all along that Natalie was a minor when they abandoned her and that Christine had changed her oh. age and that Christine had told Natalie to say, if anyone asks that she was 22 but she just looked young but that oh information came from an unrecorded interview with yes. two policemen so there's no proof that Michael did say this yes but go on except their word yeah and I don't know yeah I know sure we've all seen confession tapes so fuck those guys the last <laughs> or their great fine upstanding uh, guards <laughs> Good work, lads. <laughs> so the last time they saw this, it gets confusing here, right? The last time Michael saw Natalie was in 2016 in court when a couple named Antoine and Cynthia Manns tried to adopt her, mm. which meant that they had to <gasps> prove. Yes, which meant that they had to approve to prove that she was a minor, mm. therefore restoring her original birth date. So throughout this whole thing, still registered as 22, this couple try adopt her. They're like, no, she's a child. The Barnets filed an objection saying that no, Natalie was an Natalia is her name. We've been Sorry. calling her Natalie the whole time. Sorry, Natalia. <laughs> Natalia was an adult. Um, oh name the, wrong age wrong so annoying for everyone <laughs> listening who's like that's not her fucking name you're uh, dumb <laughs> sorry oh Jesus shit balls so I she, she obviously had gone to this family great. or these, this couple yeah. and been like my horrible foster family previous foster family I've to get rid of me okay yeah. so a judge ordered a fresh hearing to decide on Natalia's age with Michael Barnett and a number of experts giving evidence Natalia was living on her own and a couple wanted to become her guardians thinking she was still a child. The couple tried to overturn the 2012 result explained Michael's attorney. Um, this time the hearing was even more in depth. Not only did the judge look at medical reports and other documents but witnesses came before the court to explain why they were certain Nat Natalia was 22. The judge upheld the original results and the couple dropped the guardianship petition. So, so. a second judge has claimed that she's definitely 22. Mm. The oh most disturbing um, 
the most disturbing thing. Oh yeah, so the most disturbing thing about this was that the the investigator who's pressing char- who's pressing the child abandonment charges on Michael and Christine was present in that courtroom and heard the hearing that she was 22, but yeah. he's still moving forward to press charges on her. So obviously personally believing she's a child. Yes. This is a in- terrible injustice, which it still kind of could be. What do we know? We have not heard from her yet. I think there's enough evidence now out there to suggest that she's 22. Do you think we will hear from her? I don't know. So that was in 2016. Nobody seems to know her whereabouts now. So I was like, nobody knows her whereabouts. Yeah, I was like, where the fuck is Natalie? Natalia Grace. So So I I asked, did Christine just recently give the Daily Mail interview? Yeah, a few days ago. Okay. Because she was arrested. Right. Rearrested. No, arrested. Okay, okay. So go on, Cass. Oh, she's brought up Reddit. So Am I right in saying she was recently Yeah, arrested? I don't know yeah. if you're... Hang on a sec, let me just check. I don't, I don't... Why has it come to fruition now, right? Uh, hold on, I have this on my phone. This this thing, okay? So... Jesus, you're multi-screening now. Yeah. This is getting so intense. So I I'm obviously took to Reddit and was like... Yeah, recently where, arrested. Where is she? Um, Sorry, shit. So a lot important. of people Listen were like... Cassie. A lot of people are like, why is this only coming up now if this all was happening in 2014, 2016, whatever? Yeah. And there's a comment on a news site. Someone on Reddit posted saying, here's a comment from a news site. And the comment reads, my daughter found this little girl sitting on a porch, alone, (gasps) dirty, shoeless and hungry. The neighbors told her that the parents had left her moving out of the country, saying that she was 22. My daughter began making daily trips to watch out for her until she decided enough was enough and took her in. None of us are sure exactly how these adoptive parents were able to change her birth year. The charges have been a long time coming as proof of her real birth year had been hard to find. She is 16 now in real years, but because of the legal age change, according to the court, she is now 30. It's been years of legal mess, but finally now it's starting to resolve itself. She is in a wonderful Christian family and she is happy, well-adjusted and wants for nothing. The adoptive father has cooperated, but the adoptive mother is on the run. I hope this explains why it's taken so long. So presumably this woman, whose name is Deborah Jean, says that potentially this court hearing that we're hearing about in 2016 might have only just... um, Come through. Yeah, might have only just been resolved. It could have been going on for a really long time. And therefore, now the investigator is still pressing charges against them of child abandonment. So hence the recent arrest. Yeah. So they're due. Michael and um, Christine are due in court. They were due in court on the 24th. They were due in court on Tuesday. So we haven't heard any updates from the court case yet. That seems strange. That we haven't heard any updates. Could still be all ongoing. So... She so Na- Natalia is now currently with a family. Well, this Deborah according according to Deborah Jean's family, according to Deborah Jean, she is living with her daughter. So naturally, is this according to a Reddit comment? No, I went back and I found that was just a comment. So I put that piece of text into ah. into Google and I found the comment on Facebook that she had left on like a WL or something uh, article. And then I found her Facebook page. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Spin that shit around. So Deborah Jean is exactly what you would anticipate Deborah Jean to be. She has a few Facebook um, pictures available. She's got 
a signed tattoo. She looks nice and whatever. And on one comment, someone has commented, my beautiful mama. So I went into you sleuth. into this person's profile who conveniently has named her children in her bio and has a picture here of her kids. No sign of Natalia Grace. So then I went through, basically went through, um, went back then to Deborah. Okay, there's a Deborah has another picture in her cover photos in which someone has commented Happy New Year to her and tagged a man who was... Have they taken away? No, they haven't taken away. I found a picture, anyway, in which her and her husband were tagged. Her husband um, only had 70 friends because they all have weird second... There was no second name. I did find out the second name, but I'm obviously not going to um, reveal it. Uh, and I couldn't find the kids, but I did basically go through all of her husband's friends. And a lot of them, like they seem to have three daughters, went onto all of their profiles, sleuthed around, found some of them on Instagram. No sign of Natalia Grace. So what are you telling me? I'm saying that she's like... She's a catfisher. I'm saying that I think she di- was taken in by this family. I do think they took her for they're from the same area. But they've but th- she's gone. I think she's gone from there again. And when was the when was that comment? That comment from? was only left a couple of days ago. So she's gone, potentially gone. Maybe well, with as all the details of this thing is, is is breaking. But anyway, <gasps> else this like woman a fake profile though. Does she? No, it's just so much have... of it is blocked, and we're not friends. Oh, I see, I see. You know. Okay. Like we're I can't get onto it because she's some of it is private, some of it is not. Um. So. So that's where we've left it. Trail's gone cold. Trail's gone, but believe me, this is breaking now. So I bet you by next week, we'll have more updates on this. Yeah, and I tried to find, because you know when you go with the, like, with the Timothy Pitson case, with, you know, Frederick Boudouin, with um, our GPO girl, they had other, there was other scams that they had done. Yeah. And there were other instances that would pop up and I'm expecting someone to come up. It'll Wait, come through Reddit. Daily Mail exclusive 40 minutes ago. Ukrainian dwarf adopted by American couple who claims she was an adult psychopath masquerading as a child is now living in Indiana with a new devout Christian <laughs> family of five who believe she was abandoned by them. <laughs> so this, that was very well done. Seamless. I mean, there was Perfect. zero full stops in that. That's is a sentence. No one, that's, a, that's what they think a headline is. Is no one objecting to the use of the word dwarf? Mm, it's the Daily Mail. Daily Mail. So, Natalia is now living with Antoine and Cynthia, the couple who we just spoke about, who had been denied the right to adopt her because a judge determined they upheld that she was 22. So, so, so she's, she's just living with them now. Just living with them without any adoption suggestion because she can't be adopted because she's legally an adult. Am I? That's that it. She can't it. legally be adopted. So she's just living with this family. And okay, so we have some quotes Do you from know, this devout like, Christian okay. family. So Daily Mail understands that the devout couple are aware of the questions around swirling around the true age of their Ukrainian daughter who is barely taller than a toddler because of her bone disorder. I'm not even going to try and pronounce that. 
A family friend told the Daily Mail that she considered the new Cynthia and, and Antoine Mans is their name. She considered the Mans to be good Samaritans who came across the abandoned child in need of help and welcomed, welcomed her into their hearts. The Mans care for Natalia and she likes being there, said the friend. There's nothing crazy going on or anything. They are good people. They just so happened to come across this person uh, that she was not being treated right and cared enough to put her in the effort and make, make sure something was done about it. I'm not a doctor or a psychiatrist, but I've spoken with Natalia and I believe her. If you're asking me if she's 30, then that's ridiculous. Mm. Now, my question is, is Cynthia Mann's Debbie Jeans's daughter? Why would you? Because Debbie, Deborah Jean is the woman who commented saying that her daughter took her in. So there are maybe there are um, similarities in the in the stories so let me you talk amongst yourselves so if they let me do currently if the new family are are as far as they're concerned she's 16 yeah and she's, but they haven't legally adopted her so but they can't because legally she's 20 what 30. yeah so like yeah legally speaking she's an adult can't be adopted it's and they're not reporting any of the kind of incidents that uh, Christine no. Barnett was saying. No, um, with all the, the scary stuff. Yeah. None. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's just you'd want to hear from um, Natalia, wouldn't you? So she has been in picture how any of this has come to pass. I mean, but it's amazing. Like, what did her voice sound like? I feel like that would be like, although... But how would, would your you know? condition affect of course, your voice? Of course, you do. It would be impossible to differentiate. I mean, I think it's the vocabulary, and you t- you could tell by speaking to somebody. You know, if you were to speak to a six year old on the telephone, I know you would know it was a six year old. Yes, I have one. Correct. There's one in my house. Yeah, a real one. I don't think anyone could convincingly act like a six year old who wasn't. I, well, yeah, I or just but it, can't it, see it from Christine. That's why I want to see footage. Well, or I, hear it her does speak. feel very one sided because it it also feels like this person, uh, Natalia, has must have been through some fucking terrible things. Totally, you know, to be kind of to be, you know, alone at any point without any kind of hint of a real family. It's it's we need you know this must have been. I don't know, bleak. And she's obviously on the hunt for a family. Really wants a family. Yeah. And but, as far as we know, she, she hasn't killed anyone yet. Okay, there are at least... Either way, this thing... Either way, you pitch this thing. It's, it's bananas. Because we don't have all the information. But we will. But like, if she is six and her oh adoptive God. mother became convinced that she was not sick... Absolutely and, right. And... Put her decided to put her up in an apartment and wash her hands of her. Absolutely, Sophie. That's desperately bad as well. Jesus, I there's don't no know kind of where to turn with this. But there's sort of no happy. There's no outcome you're rooting for. Okay, no. let's just it's place. All dire. Yeah, I just want to place some cards on the table and just like go back over the facts and try and determine what we definitively think. Right. So the first foster family that we know that she's placed with give her up like really quickly in an emergency setting. So one family, something suspicious has happened. Okay. Then she goes to Christine and Michael 
who take her to all the doctors. Multiple doctors determine that she's older than the age. She doesn't speak U- Ukrainian. She doesn't play with dolls and toys. She seeks older people. She's menstruating. She has pubic hair. All signs determine, are pointing. Like, a significant amount of medical professionals determine that she is And she at did least kind of 18. actively deceive them in the walking thing. Yes. So that was a... The whole standing over them, the knife thing, the trying to kill them thing, mm. all those statements, the wanting to roll people up in the blankets and throw them out the garden. To me, as an, that feels a little afterthoughty. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It feels like that they are put on the spot now. It looks like they've abandoned a child and now they're, they're sort like, of... She tried to kill me. Now they're like, it she... Does, and the way she's like, it was bleach or Windex or something Yeah, in my coffee. Doesn't it feel like, a little like... If my child tried to poison me, I'd go and check what that bottle was. Well, it I d- wouldn't just be like... <laughs> I know, it just... What smelled, even yeah. was that? Okay. Now, there so, is a thing called precocious puberty. What's that? Which is... Early onset. Early puberty. And that would describe uh, development of sexual characteristics before the age of eight. But sure, it's not anything... So it's obviously something on record as it happening, even if it's rare. It's a collection of evidence. Well, okay, yes. But I'm just responding to a few of the bits and bobs. Cool. Okay. So then it we have microcosm, all of those things. and uh, Yeah. Mm, then yeah. we have all of those things that, that indicate that she's potentially not who she says she is. Then we have a period of a year to two years where she's living independently. She's making contact with the Barnets. She ceases that contact. Christine finds a dress and some child toys in her possession, which actually a child's pink bike is even if she is medically the age that she she claimed to be, she'd still be around, what was it supposed to be, 12 at that stage? Probably still too old for the bike and the dolls mm. and the things anyway. Well, me- mentally, but she is like three foot, isn't she, or thereabouts? Yeah. yeah. So like maybe just that pink child's bike. But the dolls, the princess right dresses, all that kind of stuff. Okay, then... Then oh, no, Kath, she, I'm going against you on everything. Right. Here. Then she changes the name of the beneficiary on her, her disability payments to somebody else. Consciously. Then she goes through the courts to be adopted by this new family, the Mans, And an independent judge has a significant inquiry and determines that she's at least 22. Hmm. So they're the facts that we have. I think of all of those, the biggest giveaway is the not speaking Ukrainian thing. <laughs> it's another uh, provable piece of evidence that you could say definitively. Yeah. You, it, it, you would appear to have deceived us here, you know. But she could be suffering from trauma. Well, that's true too. Now, also... And we don't know when she left the Ukraine. I think if you're going definitive evidence, definitely the actual bureaucratic wherewithal to be filling out benefit well you know yes, if you had anyone's tried to apply I mean, anybody, for the if anyone's doll. ever been on the dough like that's a fucker <laughs> it no. is no six year old I know I mean the adults barely can <laughs> like, it's impossible it's a full time job just trying to get on and I mean, stay on she that was thing. there paying her own taxes filing her own returns that's a joke um, <laughs> 
I was actually about to be like, ah. you see, she's I can't even do that. I'm 34. She not must only be older. is she a fully grown adult, she's a 47 year old accountant. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I mean, that's kind of where we're at. In uh, Michael and Christine's defense, they said that they sought to change her age so that she could seek medical, the appropriate medical attention for the psychiatric disorder that she had been diagnosed with, which medical professionals said they only diagnose in adults. So, I mean, that's where we're at. Look, we were probably loose with the facts there. There's a lot of stories As loose on as it. the Daily Mail was. I mean, they're the people with all of the information currently. The facts seem to be a bit of a movable feast. Yeah. I definitely, I don't trust Christine Barnett. Do you not? I do not. She wrote books about parenting. <laughs> well, there we go. I, Red flag one. I True. need to do some more. Was my bit of sleuthing there when you guys were talking. I cannot find just any sort of top line connection between the woman who, the woman who commented saying that her daughter took her in to this new family. But that woman who commented saying that her daughter took her in could could um, be the missing link in the in the year 18 months two years that the child was apparently living independently okay not the child the woman yeah or she could or just child. be a little side catfish just in piling onto this yeah, mad you know, story there's gonna be a few of them as well definitely a few of them who are just Everybody like watch this space it's amazing this story and no one's died which is great Yet, yes, there was a few attempts. Where are her birth parents? Or window? Where are her birth parents? I don't know. Um, And if they, if they, let's say they bailed off very early on, who had her before her infancy? Like, yeah, yeah. I'm presuming the people who adopted her before Christine and Michael. Only had her for a short time, and pre- we're presuming that. Have they? Yeah, like they. What need about to the people? Up, I think before that, you know. Yeah, yeah. Who had her when she was actually a child? If we're to believe that, that um, a lot of people have pointed out that this is the literal part plot of the two thousand nine yes, right. film, The Orphan. It is, which came just before our first. And what age would would Natalia have been when that came out? According to her, five. According, According to. to other professionals uh, 21 Which 20 kind Ooh. of uh, one of those types of ages you know maybe she'll abandon this con altogether and try and retroactively sue the producers of the orphan that would be genius <laughs> that would be genius I'm looking up the orphan now I'm just I'm, I'm, I'm we're gonna have to revisit this I know this was amazing just, definitely gonna require a part I two I very much enjoyed this episode I think we nailed that. Do you know why? Because I was Goog- I was like looking for another podcast that covered it. Jesus. And she, nobody's covered it yet. She looks kind of like not far off this main actress as well. 55 um, now on Rotten Tomatoes, you know. Oh, the film. Yeah. Well, it's a could still be worth it. It's a solid horror. I have uh, something very sweet to take us home. Go on. Um, sent in by Creep Dive fan, Lisa Cohen. Oh, yeah. Um just like an enjoyable little nugget um, hang on gotta get it up here we go okay so it's um, it's uh, someone selling um, for $12 Ouija brand letter learning game <laughs> from 1992 description cool letter board that I bought to help my daughter learn to read 
She got her letters all right, but the words she spelled were all nonsense. My friend typed them into Google Translate and turns out they're all in ancient Sumerian. I don't know what YouTube videos she's been watching where she learns Sumerian, but good for her. We're getting rid of it because she stopped talking and just sort of makes growling sounds and calls herself Ball or Baal. Spells it funny like B-A-A-L. With that kind of regression, we need her to work on verbal skills and not her Sumerian. Anyway, it's good for letters. Box is in good shape. Genius. Thank you, Lisa. Amazing. We'll take two for the live show. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, thanks for coming. Don't forget to be a patron if you want. If you enjoyed our sleuthing and our, our, our in-depth reporting and our... <laughs> I went to Facebook. Please consider giving us your book. money. I read another book. Fantastic. <laughs> I went to the Daily Mail. And it, <laughs> it paid off. And I tell you, it paid off. Come to tell our Patreon. you what, it's a long article on the Daily Mail, so we've saved you all... Yeah. Some time and added 40 minutes to it. <laughs> You're welcome. See you Thank next you. week. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.